0: united states it's a worldwide phenomenon
1: we are going to move on and i have a new guest joining me i say guest it's it's dan you know don't get too excited dan welcome to the podcast for the second half of the listener call-in show how you doing
2: uh i'm i'm great i'm uh, sorry i couldn't make it for the first half but i'm excited to be here and hear what the uh the callers have to say
1: well, the listeners will be um, hearing this as a smooth, fluid motion just after a short ad break. Um, but, of course, it's the next day. Now, what we've done is we are going to be listening to some of the voicemails left. We had some voice memos sent over from people who couldn't make the initial slots. I'm definitely going to do another one of these in the next week or two. Hopefully, Dan, we'll, we'll, we'll time it around Dan being able to, to join in as well. And we'll get some additional time slots sent out too. Obviously, we've got people from Australia, Canada, North America, South America, all over Europe calling us to and looking for time slots. So it's just trying to find different times to accommodate everyone and that myself and Dan are awake. So we'll we'll make sure we can get as many people in as we can. And if you're listening to this now and you haven't called in or looked for a slot in one of the first three sessions, especially if you're not on social media, please email me. Yes, I'm talking to you who is thinking, should I or not? Yes, you should. So AM at gmail.com. Or jump on social media if you're not a big user of it. Do the Facebook page, Instagram, whatever, and just let me know that you're you're looking to to come on and have a shot in the next listener call in. Okay, it's a big week coming up with the TMZ stuff, Discovery Channel documentary, then down the line the JJ Abrams stuff, as we've been talking about. I think we're in for a pretty cool interesting couple of weeks I can't see it being quiet so what we've got is a couple of uh, voicemails we're going to call them to listen to and myself and Dan will talk through them the first one up is we have James so we're going to
3: play James's points now hey Andy how you doing it's James I'm out in the Scottish countryside sitting on a rock uh, enjoying the view very green very sunny Very nice. Uh, Doing a bit of CE5 work. I've been doing it for a whole 90 seconds. And so far, I haven't seen a single UFO. Which has been a massive disappointment so far. UAP task force report. Very cool. I was very happy to, to see it come up. And when it did come up, the very first word that I saw was preliminary. And it just made me so happy because this is this is the start of something um, and it's going to keep going Lou was correct in the sense that they couldn't do a full report within 180 days and so they've delivered on something at the right time but acknowledge that it isn't the full thing and that's also important because it's allowed them also to go forward and Acknowledge the need for a new office, it seems, in U.S. government, which will actually deal with this going forward. Presumably a paid staff. And also new processes put in place. It seems like they're they're needing interagency communication. So between, what is it, the FAA and the U.S. Navy and the Air Force and whoever else is involved. That's really important. That's all the stuff that you need. And I think what people don't get is that I've got experience with large organizations and it is difficult to make significant change where you've got large mammoth organizations, such as, I think, the US government. Admittedly, I don't know much about the US government, but I do know where you've got lots of people, it is difficult to make significant headway. And they've done that. And it's we need to acknowledge that as being a, an absolutely massive step forward. And it's going to be another year or two before we see really significant um, you know, progress as a result of that. But it's going to be very important and it's going to be very solid, concrete progress as opposed to in the minute, you know, Jeremy Corbell drops are very important, but they're not as significant as making real headway. And I think that's what the task force report has actually managed to do. Everyone expects something to happen very quickly, but like me sitting on my stone for 90 seconds, I didn't get anything straight away and I'm already annoyed. But the real progress takes longer. So let's keep that in mind. Thank you very much for that one, James. Some really good
1: points here. And I did follow up with James on his CE5 just to find out if he uh, had any luck. No such luck, but he did do it for about 60 minutes. So keep going with that one. Listen... um. I'm going to pick up on one point on preliminary, again, hard to say in a Scottish accent, but Dan, I'll let you come in on first on that and your thoughts.
2: First of all, it sounds like a really lovely setting to record a voicemail. I'm I'm a little envious of James there. That sounds nice. Um, But he's right. Preliminary report. This isn't the actual full-blown report. This is a preview. And I know what they say about assumptions, but Given that it's essentially a preview, I would think that everything alluded to in the report and more will be fully explored. Um, and maybe it is in the classified section. You know, we've, we've already heard that the White House, what was the comment that it was 40 minutes of footage that looked like sci-fi movie? Yeah. That's super exciting. And I want to see that, you know, um, a paid staff and established office within interagency comms sounds like a dream all we've heard throughout UFO history is that all these stovepipes keep this information separate. And finally, we will have a central point to kind of pull everything in. Some um, some notable agencies aren't mentioned, um, but this is where, you know, that that's highlighted in the mainstream and it actually you can start to get dealt with. I wonder if once the agency is established, if other countries will feed into it, or if there will be a separate organization made somewhere like the UN that will kind of take a central role and gather everything from each country. Um, but, but that starts right here. Even though some people were disappointed with the report, <clears throat> I keep thinking, imagine if the first time in, you know, back in 2017, when someone got in touch with Susan Go, if she responded to them with this report, the world would have exploded, <laughs> I think, it, it's amazing. It's been like blood from a stone for 70 years, and we've, uh, we have finally hit oil. I'm mixing my metaphors there, so I'll just say the whole thing's falling like a house of cards. Checkmate. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I also wanted to note that a lot of people are saying, oh, this is Blue Book 2.0 and stuff like that. In Blue Book, they looked at 12,000 cases. There were 701 unknowns. That's a lot of cases. Here, they looked at 144 cases. One was solved that's a very different ratio this is not blue book
1: 2.0 so graham Rendell made the point on the 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 first part of the call in show that people will have just heard that the the sensors and equipment for tracking and picking up this stuff are massively different to what they were 20 30 40 50 60 years ago so I, i'm just i know i'm sounding more optimistic on this and i am and i never lived through Condon Reports and Blue Book and and those that were more familiar with those at the time and for a long time and we've discussed this before that it seemed to be when it came to ufology, UFOs, whatever you want to call the subject, when it came to came to this sort of stuff that even up to the, the early two thousands or, or mid like two thousand ten up to maybe twenty seventeen, people were still talking about the same stuff the same incidents, the same people. So it was blue book, but you don't hear that talked about much anymore because so much has happened in the last three years. I really do say, and I go back to my point I've made several times. There was a fork in the road in 2017 and a whole load of us went down this new path and we're happy the direction it's going. And I can only see this as progress. Um, other people still want to go back to you know, people are just overhyping it they're looking for something that's not there, it'll go exactly the same way, and do you know what, I understand why they feel that way, but I, I hope they'll be proved wrong, and I think most of those people want to be proved wrong as well hopefully um, the word I'll pick up on is that pre- preliminary, god that's so hard to say Sean Hill, I believe one of his first tweets after the report, if not his first tweet was the definition of preliminary, and that that should be the takeaway, that this is the first This is the initial report. There's going to be a follow-up. There should be more. And like you say, so much has happened in the days preceding the report itself. And I mentioned this as well on the first half that the task force report, I don't even think is the biggest story of the last couple of days because of the memorandum that came out after it, telling the military now in the US, report this, talk about it. With one act, you've basically got rid of the stigma because it's now basically in order. Report this, take pictures, film it. Let, let's talk about it and get
2: the footage out there. Let's, you know, let's investigate within this properly. Two weeks as well. Yeah. That, that was the request, right? That they have to report it within two weeks. It's yeah. which, which, I mean, when when else is reporting a UFO in history that if you didn't do it, you would be punished? When when else has that happened? That's very cool. And you
1: think when someone lands that, you know, whatever fighter jet they're flying, I won't try and name them and sound like I know what I'm talking about. Or they're on the, the you know, they're on the, the deck of a Navy carrier... Or they're on a submarine or whatever they're doing, if they're on the shore and they see something, they must have had that internal struggle, even if they did want to do it previously or in the last couple of years of should I bring this up? Maybe it is just nothing, but you know, it definitely seems like something was there, but it's on this piece of equipment and this guy's seen it too, and and you know, she's seen it, but she's not wanting to talk about it, and he doesn't want to talk about it. Whereas now there's nothing stopping them at that point point going, Yep, we're tracking a UAP here. And, and there and then, bang, get someone, you know, senior authority, senior ranking over. Let's start reporting on this. Let's start talking about it. Let's start looking at it. That's what we're going to be encouraging. That's a huge sea change in, right in itself. So for me, I think that's a, a big, big takeaway. And for those who may have been disappointed, I know some of the listeners we spoke to said initially they weren't sure. But as they've thought about it over a couple of days, they've certainly softened on it and realized that, you know what, I think there's a lot more more to the report. So yeah, that was a a really good uh, shout. Anything else on that one for you, Dan?
2: Just uh, just to second your point there, the more and more people are talking about it, we're getting a lot of officials and senators coming out now and making comments um, and I think it was was am I right in saying Romney spoke about it and pretty much just said this isn't Russia or China. And it I mean it's glorious, isn't it? I'm gonna I'll stop it there because I'm just gonna get excited. <laughs> it is. Um next up we have
1: Tim and we'll play Tim's voice message for you now.
4: Hey Andy, hey everybody, Tim down in London. Sorry I couldn't do this live with you. Uh but please accept this voice memo <laughs> instead. Uh the report. Well, excited that it came out when we thought it would, so that's number one. Uh I tried to keep the bar low for myself so I wouldn't get, you know, too disappointed or, or, you know, uh, elated one way or the other. But I, but I think the report was exactly what I expected. Um, a bit short, uh, a bit, a bit thin between the, (laughs) between the pages, I guess. But, uh, it, you know, they, they, they concluded a few things for me or asserted at least a couple of things that I think are great. One is the others category for some of the phenomena. I think that's great. I think that's brilliant. If they hadn't put that in, it would just be, you know, regular uh, aircraft s- secret testing, maybe that, that they're not confirming, at least in the unclassified part of the report. And then things like birds and uh, Waitros and Tesco's plastic bags blowing around, which is ridiculous. Um, may- maybe that does account for for some unusual stuff that people capture on their iPhones, maybe military sensors, maybe those do blow into sort of sensitive airspace and cause stuff to to trigger. I I'm, I'm not an expert in that. But that felt a little 1950s, 1960s kind of US nothing to see here kind of thing. Um but but fair point if that's actually happening. But saying it's other means it's not any of the the big things that we can Tangibly identify or draw a box around So that's exciting um, You know the fact that they Want to put more money And research and time into this is great I think the task force was meant to be Temporary and may well Evolve into some kind of Proper office With with uh, uh, Oversight You know and, um, and, and Be uh, sort of scientifically studied The way it deserves The 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 other thing I took away from this, and it has not it's not a it's not a bang on the report itself at all. I mean, I think the report did exactly what it needed to to propel this into more of a mainstream discussion. You can share these articles these books, and all of this sort of credible stuff with friends and family and colleagues, and it helps kind of organically change the conversation. The issue though that that I take with that um is that it all sounds like it's a big United States project and that they're covering something up and that this only happens in the U.S. We all know that is far from true. Uh, It's happening in South America, particularly in places like Brazil. The French constantly uh, put out reports. They put out one pretty recently, not, not the Cometa report, but something similar, uh, the Italians have loads of data. And, and here in the UK, there's there's quite a lot of sightings and, and good data and information. So, uh, you know, th- this, this wasn't meant to be a report that covered worldwide phenomena, but it is a worldwide phenomena. And that's important to bear in mind. Um, the US are controlling the narrative here, which is something that bothers me a little bit. Um, and sounds funny with this accent, but it's true. I don't think... Uh, you know, I don't think they have an embargo on this on this particular topic. Unless they do for some reason, then they need to express why that is and and how they uh, how they think they're in control of this. Because from from where I'm sitting, there's a lot of anomalous behavior that that terrifies our defense departments globally, uh, particularly the Chinese and in, in, in the U.S. Uh, both admitting they have programs to study this. So I don't think. I mean, I think we can pretty much draw a line through the, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's human tech that that's quite advanced being, being tested around. I don't, I don't think we need to consider that the possibility anymore. Maybe for some, like they say in the report, my guess is some of that is being captured, uh, accidentally by sensors and in cameras. Um, yeah, if you think of the SR 71 sort of thing, people were, I, I'm pretty sure people were seeing that, uh, and then at one point they unveiled it to the world. Uh, but I think we all agree. That's not what what's happening with some of the most extraordinary things here anyway. Uh, love that the report came out, love that it's creating conversation, uh, and love that, um, you know, it's, it's got some legs now and, and I don't think we're going to put the genie back in the bottle anymore. So, uh, everyone keep looking up, uh, keep sharing information and, uh, yeah bless you all thanks bye
1: some excellent points from tim in london there tim good to hear from you again second time caller um or oh, voicemail first time called in the last time um good to hear tim was excited dan uh about the report dropping and dropping uh on time and let's be honest that that was the point people wanted it early but it did still come within the time scale it was requested which is which is completely fair um so, first part for me, picking up on the the sensor issue side of things, and I get, and I, I've mentioned this the the balloons, seagulls, birds, misidentifications. He, he mentions like you know supermarket bags. I get that, and again, that goes back to the terminology within the report has to acknowledge that there's a possibility that that's what it was. We have to remember, well, they're acknowledging there's a lot of possibilities that it still might be that flock of seagulls, that you know cluster of pollution that you know weather phenomena they've got to acknowledge that because it's unidentified they're also at the other end of the spectrum acknowledging they don't know and that's that's what we can really take from this they're not saying that it probably is that other stuff what they're saying is and then again if we tie in that whole scientific advances line that i've talked about that's huge because what they're saying is it could be that we don't think so but you know can't rule it out however there's other things they more than likely think this is and 40 minutes of sci-fi probably shows that it's not the the plastic bags or the pigeons or, you know, the seagulls or whatever it is. Um, do you want to come in on that, Dan?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, I want to say kudos to you and Graham because you both called the 25th as well. Uh, everyone like see seen my countdown so they know they know where I was counting down to. But um but that was that was a little debate on Twitter that some people had in the in the past few months. So it, it was nice that, you know, we called it. Um, the different categories I just wanted to go through um airborne clutter, natural phenomena, US tech programs, or foreign tech programs. Now the other category, which is applicable other, um I thought it was the perfect name because we keep referring to these people as the others. Tom DeLonge is referred to these these uh, as the others. And um, it's named others. You know, what, what more do we want?
1: So, Dan, uh, you, you have picked up on, as I've just shown you, I literally wrote down other dash the others. Ask Dan Tom DeLonge. <laughs> so, and, and on that, and I was talking about this on another podcast about Joe Margia had put together Tom DeLong's list of comments and quotes and things he said or tweeted in the last couple of years, and extensively the language that others is used quite a lot throughout that. Is is it just a stretch, and maybe it's not because you've brought it up, but am I looking into it too much? That there's potential that they're softening up or preparing people for that language and the terminology of other and we will move away from alien and as much as people are now saying what's uap they'll start to ask eventually what do they mean by other or the others down the line
2: yeah i mean that's exactly right we we've when whenever i talk to friends about this uh, i've got one friend who always says uap just means unidentified and that's what they always fall back on um and now we definitively have this category with a really fitting name, suspiciously fitting name, I'd say, um, that gives a really solid response to to that kind of observation. Um, it's probably not, you know, the, the government kind of maybe using those same terms. I, I can see someone just saying the other examples of UAP, and that's kind of shortened to others. You know, it's not someone else would see us as others on another planet but we're called humanity you know like there's a name um i'm excited for us to get to that point to actually have a name for the others but in the meantime that other category is is perfect (laughs) i thought um one of the things with the uap report it did is it asked a lot of open questions and anyone that's kind of worked in customer service and things like that and done presenting you always at all to ask open questions not closed questions because they keep the conversation going and that's what we have here
1: yeah that's an interesting point tell me more about that dan so i'm just giving an example of a really good open question that's all sorry Sorry.
2: and and you're you're a manager so you'll know that really well too right
1: i i don't give away what my day job is but you know
2: (laughs) fair enough um since we're talking about terms, there was a term in this that I hadn't heard before uh, called range fowler. Um, it just means that anything that fouls onto the range, I guess. Um, it's a n- new term to me, like I said, and I'm fairly sure that the usual foyer folk are uh, getting in on that um, and trying to find out more about these range foulers. Uh We know from a lot of different investigations that Different terms are kind of used to obfuscate FOIA responses and things like that.
1: I would hope a John Greenwald, who has a digital archive of FOIA requests, has the ability to go in and just search through what he's already uploaded and just, as you say, pick out, is this something that I have just read or went past and not realized and that there's already a load of that terminology within the, the request? Would you say that's got that's got potential?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And And John is one of those people who has said... On, on his social media that he's put in a bunch of requests for the term and around the term range values. So hopefully we'll see something from that soon. Mm-hmm. Um, it is US focused. There, there's no kind of denying that. But I think the the reason for that is that the US has such a big military might that we all look to them as kind of you know the protective big brother of the world i i know that's kind of maybe a controversial thing to say given the past few years but that's the relationship the world has with them and though that might be changing um for now it means that everyone kind of defers to the the big guy on the playground so to speak um but one of the nice things here is that a lot of other countries are announcing that they're doing Programs. So Japan has a center set up in Fukushima now. Um, they set up uh, reporting guidelines uh, a few years back. We've heard China has just set up a task force with AI. And though that is, you know, a copy of essentially what the US is doing, it's a good thing because at least it means their data is compatible, right? <laughs>
1: And you know what? I don't think it's unfair at all, and that was my last point I had written down as well, that is the US controlling the narrative, as he says, or you know, taking the lead on this because they, they have been the first ones to take it this far? Russia hasn't stepped in. China hasn't stepped in. I'm sure they're looking. Um, the UK hasn't stepped in. Uh, the, but like you say, with the French report coming out and it highlights other countries, including the UK, having, was it, transmorphic objects recorded?
2: Yeah, transmorphic plasmoids, which is interesting.
1: Yeah whenever we try and get anything out of the UK here where we're trying our own freedom of information act requests and it's such a hard stone to get any blood out of before you hit your checkmate to make some analogies and, and
2: any question you ask them just to let people know like you, you can literally message them hey how is your day and you will get an email back saying we've turned this into a FOIA request please write blah 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 for a response it's, uh, it's very frustrating
1: when you said your do you mean your day was that a misspelling or who are you referring to within the purpose of this request, and it's like, oh, it was just a simple request, but yeah, that's that's what we get back. Um, so yeah, it, there is a US bias. Uh, I was corresponding with someone recently who um, was messaging, they're frustrated that Lou Elizondo is so American centric in what he talks about. And but that's his country, he's patriotic to his country, and he has a vested interest in his country. Yes, this issue is global, it's a worldwide phenomenon, as it says at the end of the intro by Harry Reid. However, right now, that the world doesn't necessarily work very well together at the minute or for a long, long time. So I get the first step has to be countries acknowledging this and approaching it as as a nation. And then, like you say, getting together around the table. That's where narrative control comes into this. And that's a conversation, I think, for a little bit further down the line where China has already approached to uh, be in charge of this in terms of when it comes to the UN. And maybe that's an attempt to wrestle away the control of this from the United States. Maybe it's not, but a bit of posturing. But it really is something. I hope they all get round the table in some way, shape, or form, and say, "Look, this is something that we do have to discuss together," because it might be something they have to work on in various different ways going forward. Fair.
2: Yeah, yeah, I would say on the money right there.
1: We're just going to take a very quick ad break, folks, and then we will be right back. Some good stuff coming up, so stay tuned. And we've got our last voicemail sent in from Frank, who has his own podcast, UFO Thinker Podcast. People should check that one out as well. Um, I'll play that for you now.
0: Hello Andy and Dan, how's it going guys? Firstly, big thanks to both of you guys for the sterling work that you do on the podcast. Big fan of the show, uh, so it's always great to see you guys uploading new episodes. So getting straight into the nitty gritty, my thoughts on the UAP Task Force report. First of all, I think overall it's a really big win for anyone interested in this topic. I mean, it could have been a complete brush off, I partly expected it would be, um you know we could have it could have easily been we've got 100 cases you know most of it's explainable we've got a couple of dodgy ones that are not really worth looking into but uh, which we've seen in the past but it it wasn't we got we got 144 cases mentioned 80 of which were observed with multiple sensors only one with an actual explanation that it turned out to be a balloon so it seems pretty clear that Much more in depth investigation will take place and probably already is taking place. And imagine what the next report and hopefully the reports thereafter will contain. It's going to be fascinating to see how it unfolds. But a couple of specific points I wanted to mention that I thought were interesting. First of all, the the report references on page seven actively encouraging reporting from the uh, u.s air force and the federal aviation administration including efforts to normalize future data collection of uap events and i think this could be really interesting to see whether there are many reports coming from the air force in future um, as it's Previously, it's always been the navy where the vast majority of cases actually come from. So, I think it'll be fascinating to find out whether or not that's because of the proximity to the oceans and the sea and things like that, or whether it's actually just because of some kind of bias that there's more of a stigma um in the air force and not so much in the navy. And obviously, a lot of people have discussed that um, recently, but it sounds as though they're actually actively reaching out to, to get reports from the air force so i think that'll be really interesting to see i wonder what you guys think of that and uh also that last point here um i also found it really interesting what was in the expand collection paragraph uh, and also the last bit of page six as well which includes uh, using ai slash machine learning algorithms to recognize patterns from collected data and uh, also, the mention of the UAP Task Force is looking for, and this is a direct quote, uh, the UAP Task Force is looking for novel ways to increase collection of the UAP cluster areas where U.S. forces are not present as a way to mitigate the collection bias in the data set. And it also says, one proposal is to use algorithms to search historical data captured and stored by radars. So, basically it's saying that the the pentagon the government uh, are considering using ideas which are essentially skyhub and what i was thinking is is it possible we could see a future collaboration with skyhub themselves or it'll be very interesting to see what comes of that anyway whether it's their own version of something like skyhub or whether it's um, an actual collaboration they could be reaching out to them behind the scenes now for all we know so yeah be really interesting to see what you guys uh, think of that and keep up the good work. Take it easy, guys. Thank
1: you very much, Frank, from the UFO Thinker podcast there. And do you know what? I think that's a really good call to summarise on, and it made me remember something I'm going to bring up to Dan in just a few minutes as well. Um Now, first off, uh, I'll, I'll let you come in, Dan, with what particularly stood out to you there.
2: Uh, I mean, Frank is right at the front when he says it's a big one. It is a big one, emphasis on big, full capital letters. Um, the report is a call for more hands on deck, more resources. Um, and it's going to be fascinating to see how this plays out, how the UAPTF use, you know, the resources they're given. And who knows, we might even see people like Abby Loeb starting to work with them and communicate with the public what's actually going on because they have minds that they can understand it. This is where folk like, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson frustrate me because he, he speaks to a very mainstream audience and he breaks things down in a really intriguing way, um, and his mind could be an asset. But for some reason, I you know, there's something personal going on there. Uh, maybe he was abducted when he was a child. I don't know. But uh, there's certainly something different. Um, the Air Force reports was very interesting um, because for decades and decades and decades now, people have thought the Air Force kind of headed up this conspiracy or at least began it. And we've since heard that the Air Force are encountering, you know, they, they use the same training spaces. So they're going to be encountering the same things in the same areas. So you've got to wonder, are they being negligent in their duty? And they have been negligent in their duties for years and years and years and years and years. Or do they know a lot more and they're not telling? In terms of the expanding the collection... Folk might know that you know I, I put pinpoints on maps and I kind of try and build up essentially what would be a little database of my own, but it is goddamn impossible. You can't see the data in the right way. It's been in the globe around. You can't kind of see a timeline progression of how the data kind of maps out and kind of draw conclusions other than you know it's near something. Um, so AI is definitely the right way to go, and I'd be curious to see what patterns uh, that picks up. Um, The military bias in the data set is a very good point as well, because the behavior of these objects could be different when they're not around military fleets. You know, when when they buy a military fleet, the most interesting thing about it to the others could be nuclear material. But that's just what interests them there. You know, Um, maybe if we had sensors around, say, the Bledsoe's property, we'd start getting a different idea of how the others want to interact with uh, with people.
1: So first up for me, I want to bring up a point from it was from a little while ago. Um, I think you'll remember, Dan, when you talk about AI and data collection, Tom DeLong mentioned again. This is in the TTSA peak days that they were looking at potentially scanning through religious texts to see patterns. Is that something that you you recall? And I'm just wondering, did you ever hear any more about that? I get I'm, I'm going slightly away from the the AI for because you you covered that well, but that was just something that came to mind.
2: Yeah, I, I remember Tom saying that, and he said it again recently um, that you you can apply these uh, machine learning uh, AI to to those kind of problems. Um, different religious texts have different backgrounds around them, and I know it sounds crazy to be like, oh, they're imbued with numbers and things like that. But when you actually go into the religious text, it's absolutely true. Um, These things were constructed in certain kind of poetic ways with, you know, certain cadence and value structures to their sentences. And they have meaning to the people that study them deeply. So it's worth doing, I think. And again, I'd be really interested to see what they actually find with that.
1: What I found an interesting point as well was with more reporting coming from this, regardless of the, you know, if it's going to be the Navy, the Air Force, whatever it's going to be do you think we're potentially going to see more leaks and more current leaks? Now, if, for example, Jeremy Corbell has sources or a source that he has, if they suddenly start getting wind of a lot more information, is that something that we could see, do you think, coming out more regularly and more more up to date?
2: Absolutely. Um, and something like that depends on the government response, I think. We've spoken about this before, like, who, who Jeremy is releasing these things for. Um, and... We've kind of said that it's not really for the public; it's to keep the Pentagon honest because they don't really have a leash on Jeremy. He can, you know, vet and release whatever he wants if it's brought to him. Um, and I guess service members are probably fed up with this stuff getting buried. Um, the world is clearly interested in it because Jeremy's social media and things like that has just blown up over the past couple yeah. of months, um, and he's doing a bit of a service because he's he's constantly you know, holding up a mirror to the Pentagon and saying, hey, look, this is what you could be talking about versus this is what you are talking about, that boilerplate statement that Susan Go keeps sending out. But now we have a UAPTF report, and I, I feel like that that's a better ground because it actually gives a a mechanism that maybe even Jeremy can feed into. If, if the mechanism is broken so that, you know, that triangle footage didn't get to the UAPTF or something like that, then... Um, then it needs to be fixed. And the only way to do that is to work with people who, who kind of live within those cracks, I guess.
1: And Dan, to finish up finally, what for you in this very early stage, we don't know how far away this might even be, what does an, another report look like? What does the next report look like?
2: I would say a lot more specifics. Right now, we've been given an overview. You know, we we have that number, 144 cases, 143 Genuine UAP. Um, but I would expect the next report to talk about those cases a little bit more and say, you know, hey, this is the kind of methodology we've actually applied to try and figure this case out. If you can think of it, it it's essentially like peer review, right? <laughs> In the scientific process. They they will show what they've done and then people will be able to respond to it. But it's an interesting conundrum because they might not be able to talk about all of their methods. So some kind of organization is going to have to be set up where, you know, scientists can be vetted and they can have access to the information and, and keep maybe, you know, I, I hate to think it might happen, but keep a lid on it until they actually have a, a thoughtful report to to present to the public
1: awesome it was a great call and a great call from everyone Dan I want to know do you think with the week we have coming up now this is going to go out to premium access so if you're on Patreon or if you are on Apple podcast subscriptions please consider signing up with Apple podcast subscriptions there is a two week free trial that you have no commitment to and then after that it's only a couple of dollars couple of pounds whatever your local currency is as well to get early access and add free listening going forward and it also supports the podcast as well same with Patreon there's exclusive content exclusive of offers on there. Ad free and early access is the big ones I think for everyone so it's really much appreciated. But if and when this drops we might have already and we will have had the TMZ stuff coming out and then we've got the Discovery Channel series and the JJ Abrams. Are we going to see much new footage or content buried within these do you think? Or is it going to be a repackaging of, of what we already know?
2: I feel like the The J.J. Abrams one is going to be his way of telling the history. You know, it'll be respectful, it'll be big, it'll be beautiful. The TMZ documentary, on the other hand, we know they've told us there's going to be some new footage in there. What story they put around that and how that new footage sheds light on this issue is anyone's guess until it is. But they've said the word new. So, I mean, what, that's four days after the report, we're getting new footage from a source we haven't got. New footage from before. Not
1: just new, um, new and unseen.
2: New and unseen, yeah. So I'm I'm hoping this is a sign of things to come and that the more this kind of stuff comes out, the more, you know, the White House and the official kind of start to understand the need to start being very, very transparent with this stuff.
1: Excellent. Dan, thanks for joining us. And again, retrospectively, Thank thanks to Graham. In the next couple of weeks, we'll get another one of these recorded folks. It's normally held over over a call with myself and dan recorded you can send in a voicemail or voice memo as well email ufo uap at gmail.com if you want to send one in just in for the next uh, podcast that's fine do it and we'll, we'll save it but normally we'll, we'll set up around a topic or something that's happened as well so don't feel you have to wait if you've got time to send something in then please do it as well but as always thank you very much for listening keep looking up you never know what you might see
4: Like a hubcap designed by Chaucer, a little baroque and quite steampunk, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament of Fuck. The little fucker hovered right outside of my window, and when I shoved out the screen, he made
1: it an issue. I don't think he expected me to...